Patrick Swayze's out for payback. Have you seen Saw 4 and Morris Chestnut Gets Married this week on Howdy, 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 and welcome to 302010, the Laser Time Network's weekly pop culture time machine. Each week, taking you back 30, 20, and 10 years into the past. Is, am yes, I saying that right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> hi, I'm one of your hosts, Chris Antista. Uh, who else is with me today? I'll bow down before the one you serve. You're going to get Diana Goodman. Um, it's me, Sarah. Every day is big block of cheese day in my house. Man, I can't believe how old both of those things are, but they're both celebrating anniversaries this week. This week being October 18th to the 24th, 1989, 1999, and 2009. That's what we always say. Set up yourself. Set yourself down. Open up three little portals. Uh, 1989, 1999, 2009, 1989. I don't know why I reversed it. I'm just getting back into the country. I mean, you did mm. say howdy, howdy, howdy. At howdy, the howdy, top, howdy. So. <laughs> I just watched uh, a clip of the shark from Toy Story. Oh, okay. Yeah, uh, that explains it. <laughs> it, it. It does. You've seen Toy Story enough. Uh, hi, everybody. Welcome to 302010. Uh, October 18th to the 24th. Let's begin like we always do in the year of 1989. And Look Who's Talking is still number one at the box office. And I think if you heard that episode, we're okay with that. Yeah. We're pretty cool with it. Yep. Diane is not be cool there with it. for a while. I'm, I'm more lukewarm, but mm. it's going to be there a while. Fun, fun film. Something and, for everybody in that one. And I can't, well, you can't say that about this week. No. Because, uh, no. not really. I don't know. I didn't feel like revisiting any of this. Um, including a movie I used to like, which wasn't Fat Man and Little Boy. Great title. <laughs> but uh, I have not seen Fat Man and Little Boy with Fred Thompson, John C. McGinley, Laura Dern, John Cusack, Bonnie Bedelia, Dwight Schultz, and Paul Newman. You are this far away from being the man who won war. A general named Groves, a scientist named Oppenheimer. You got one job, Doctor. Give me the bomb. Worlds apart. I can do it without you. Well, if you do, and something goes wrong, ready to go! Brought together to change the world forever. Three, two, one. Paul Newman, Fat Man and Little Boy. This is the most dramatic thing I've ever seen! What? Why the Wendy Carlos Blade Runner music in this military <laughs> yeah, drama? <laughs> I, I have no idea. Um, it's also not a great title for no. something that's about... The Manhattan Project. I mean, like you have to know history to know. Oh, the two first atomic bombs that we dropped on Japan are called Fat Man and Little Boy. Really, Little Boy and Fat Man. So, yeah, I don't know. it was. It, it is. It is not an unproduced David Spade, Chris Farley movie. <laughs> and and uh, uh, but honestly, I mean, there is so. I, I think there's many series been about the Manhattan Project and and the development of you know the atomic bomb, and this one is just so dry. Mm. It's just like, yeah, okay, people accidentally drop something and then they get irradiated and that sucks. But most of the time they're just like seriously talking about how important it is to have a super weapon to win the war. We could save lives with this weapon, I guess. And like never really get too far into the ethics of dropping super weapons on Mm. cities or whether this is kind of letting a genie out of the bottle that maybe we can't stop or it's just really boring. It's so much more boring than it should be. Mm. Um, could you say the same thing for the next film? Hmm. No, the next film is a good film. Uh, are, even to this day, I have not watched it in a very long time. 
Even to this day, okay. I will stand by Drugstore Cowboy. Boom! Drugstore Cowboy, William Burroughs, um, Heather Graham, <laughs> James LaGrosse, James Remar, Kelly Lynch, and Matt Dillon in a... This is Gus Van Sant? Yeah, this Man. is his big breakout. Drugstore Cowboy. No, it just seems like the other day I was saying it looks like Bobby Hughes has finally slowed down a little bit, and then bang, you knock off another pharmacy. Honey? Oh. That's Diane right there. I like Diane. She took a darn good picture, too. Better than in real life. Right out of the clear blue sky, you say you're going to clean up your hand. Diane, I can't do it anymore. I'm going straight, man. We'll try it sometime. It's good for the soul. Thing is, no matter how good a ripoff artist you are, sooner or later, you pay the price. Oh, okay. Oof. Yeah. Uh, so encapsulate people stealing pills. Yes, yeah. and I think I think it's marred for me because uh, had some friends who would grow up to do this stuff, and, mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, yeah, yeah, and get caught. Yeah, yeah. The trailer mm-hmm. makes it look very glamorous, yeah. like a music video. Mm-hmm. And it really yeah. does. It has a natural born killers feel. The trailer does. Sure, it's it's a little grimier than that, and that you really see like yeah, these guys are all pathetic drug addicts and. This is like the best thing they've come up with, but they're like constantly fucking up and things are never going right. And people are ODing and dying and they're they're just all just so either they're just failures as people or it's because they're just so fucked up on drugs that they just never do anything right. Mm. It's a real bummer. Yeah. Yeah. I remember watching a couple of years ago and because thinking about the opioid crisis, Mm -hmm. you know. I guess people started talking about it a while ago. <sighs> Still a real bummer. Hasn't gotten any better, y'all. Yeah. Getting worse. No. Oh, it's gotten actively. way the fuck worse since 1989. I mean, in this, their big score is Dilaudid. They're always after Dilaudid, which mm. is just pharmaceutical heroin. Mm-hmm. And I have tried Dilaudid, and I understand why they would go after it. <laughs> mm-hmm. I was once given it in the ER, and that shit was great. Oh, I was yeah. like, oh, I understand now. I understand why people would chase this all day. Oh, my God. This is great. I had the same experience when I got my wisdom teeth out. I'm (laughs) what doctors call opiate naive because I had never had (laughs) any sort of opioids before. And I was like in my 20s. And my mom gave me half a Vicodin. And Mm -hmm. then I was just sitting in my room watching Palladia. Do you remember that channel? Where it's like, it's just concerts. That sounds awful. Yeah. PBS? And I was totally chilled out and i remember thinking <laughs> I get this now i get why people get high now yeah. i totally get yep. it i'm not bored this is not lame at all i got mm-hmm. i got my wisdom teeth out and yelled at the doctor to give me as much as possible because i have a history of drug use and i'll probably be able to withstand all this conk uh <laughs> conk because i think one of my pill stealing friends says uh she woke up in the middle of uh, her wisdom teeth being taken out and i'm like i don't want that to happen Oof. uh but yeah not a lot to add to drugstore cowboy yeah uh nope I am yeah, good movie. I'm fascinated to find out about whatever this movie is about because, like, I don't know this. I needed this move, this next movie, to exist to be in between the movies I wanted to rent at the video store. I have I've never known what it was about. Mm. Uh, mm-hmm. Todd Field, Christine Lottie, Daphne Zuniga, and uh, Matthew Modine. Uh, Matthew Modine, Gross Anatomy. Touchstone Pictures presents Matthew Modine. Are you a medical student? You got a pain or something? They thought he couldn't cut it. Why are you here? I look good and white. I have a suspicion he's going to be a real weak spot. But they were wrong. You guessing? Am I right? Yes. Then I wasn't guessing. He would become the very best. I got worried you guys weren't making progress without a leader. 
I'm the group leader. That's what I mean. Well, your best be good enough. Never had any complaints. Gross Anatomy, rated PG-13. Starts Friday at a theater near you. Yeah. I love this paradigm of the cocky doctor. Mm-hmm. It's not enough of those yeah. out there. <laughs> yeah, he's a cocky med student, and cocky, wacky things happen, and maybe some romance, and oh, I bet he doesn't get along with Daphne Zuniga, and then they do. I like to imagine that he somehow turns a corner and then becomes the infectious disease expert of uh, and the band played on. Uh <laughs> And that only reminded me of, uh, I, I just, this weekend, someone had a record of this Fine Young Cannibals album, so we had to listen to the whole thing, which Ooh. I have never done before, and there's six songs that sound exactly like that, and ah. I, I could not stop laughing. <laughs> <laughs> it's a different song now, sort of, not really. It was, it <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> Uh, um, and a movie I did not rewatch, but like ah. saw the poster at lunch that I at a place I'd never been before. Metro oh. Deli, shout out! Uh, I have no idea why they have a next of kin poster, <laughs> but but uh, here it is. Ted Levine, cool. Michael J. Pollard, uh, Andreas Katzulis, Ben Stiller, Hel- uh, Bill Paxton, Helen Hunt, uh, Adam Baldwin, Liam Neeson, and Patrick Swayze. I did not know there was a little Twister reunion in here. Next of kin to the Hill People of Kentucky. Family is everything. Because you mess with my brother, you mess with me. But when the mob kills his brother, a hillbilly cop must choose between big city justice. The Chicago police will catch Gerald's killer, but we got to give him time. And Appalachian revenge. He ain't seen bad yet, but it's coming. Patrick Swayze and Liam Neeson in Next of Kin. Yeah. Uh, Liam Neeson plays a hillbilly in this, everyone. Really? Hmm. Yes. Liam Neeson plays Patrick Swayze's brother, and uh, Patrick Swayze is like from from Cold Country, Kentucky, but Ooh. now he's a cop in Chicago, and their brother, I believe it's Bill Paxton, is murdered by the mob. Ooh. And oh. so that was like, it's time for some blood feuding hillbilly justice. Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> Between I'm an old school hayseed with a very particular set of moonshining. <laughs> Between yeah. Chicago and Kentucky, there's a lot of accents in there. <laughs> a lot of accents. No one's accents ever match. Wow. Ever. But it's fun. It's what? super fun. I, I know, but this and like this and Gross Anatomy were like phrases I didn't know mm. when these movies came out, mm-hmm. and like whenever I figured out what they were and see the, saw them in print, only like recently did I shake Next of Kin the movie poster from seeing the phrase. Ah, I see. Uh, <laughs> it's weird. Yeah. Like when you're learning your vocabulary from blockbuster movie mm-hmm. posters. Uh, but yeah, anything else to say about next to Ken? We are flying through 89. Jesus. It's going to yeah, be, well, there's going to be, it's, we're going to slow down in 99 and then we've got like a ton. We're going to have to blow through in yeah. 2009. There's so many movies, but yeah, this is kind of an oddly quiet week for 1989, but you know, Fat Man and Little Boy just does not feel like it's from 1989. It feels like it's from 1959, man. Mm. Well, I think I think that's because we've fallen. The military drama has fallen so far out of fashion that I, I, I can't remember the last one that came to theaters. It's been like ten years. Well, there's a big one coming up. Which one? Oh, uh, Top Gun two. Oh God, that doesn't fucking count. Yeah. <laughs> Is it not a military <laughs> drama? I don't so know. It's an action movie. Yeah. This, is, this is a military talking movie. Yeah. Like, okay. It's so boring. Like I was and thinking. Drugstore th- Cowboy feels like it's more from the 90s than the 80s. Mm. And oh, Mexican yeah. is just straight up 80s, man. Oh, well, wait until so, we get to the music because I am pretty shocked by how old uh, one of my favorite jams is. 
But before we get to that, uh, television, 1989, October 18th and 24th. Uh, SNL, Kathleen Turner and Billy Joel. Musical uh, guest. Musical guest, Billy Joel, uh, featuring a guest appearance. Well, that doesn't count. Guest appearance by I Conan O'Brien. That's true. I guess he's not a guest, mm-hmm. but a fun appearance by no, Conan O'Brien. No, I'm such a... He was a writer I, I became at this point, such duh. a huge fan of Mr. Show and the Conan Show that every time I'd watch an old SNL mm-hmm. and you'd make out Bob Odenkirk and Conan O'Brien, I'd get really excited. Mm-hmm. And he only mm-hmm. has like a line in the penis sketch. Um, no, in the Five Timers Club, Conan. Oh, yeah. And in mm. one episode, Bob Odenkirk holds a turtle next to Lorne Michaels, like a big giant turtle, <laughs> live turtle, <laughs> dresses a page. Hmm. Uh, but what are we looking at here? What's this clip we have? Uh, it is Mike Myers. I think it's a The Handsome Man contest or something i can't remember off the top of my head it's been a while hmm. since i did this research but conan o'brien comes on and you know does his conan thing Ooh, really so he does talk yummy i believe this gentleman has something to say <laughs> well i just completed your course i never dreamed i could be this handsome thanks lank you're handsome give that man a round of applause You know, Link Handsome, okay. uh, Mike Myers plays a handsome guy who does, um, what am I thinking of? Pep Talks? No. Yeah, like a Tony Robbins. Yes, Tony Robbins. Kind of thing. What is this uh, word? Motivational speech. Life coaching. Thank, you. Mm-hmm. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, and Conan O'Brien, an attractive man, but not one that you would say a conventionally handsome now, man. Now, hold on. I and think I'm pretty sure they put a fake nose on him. Here, we're, t- we're talking about fabulous <laughs> hair. I think that's what we're dealing I mean, with right true. now. Even though Conan would go on to rock this hairstyle for the rest of his life. It's True. clearly done up for this character. And also, tall men get somehow extra points, I feel like, in Thank the attractiveness mm-hmm. category. We do. Just by virtue of being tall. Uh, it, didn't, I, it didn't make I sense, the it. amount of dating that it's I've It's never done. worked for me, but... Uh, well... Yeah. Uh, some women just have a thing. Like, yeah, would you date someone shorter than you? Uh, well, there are not many of them no. out there, but yes, I would. <laughs> yeah, that's like just a weird... I I don't know. Let's let's blame patriarchy. I'm going to blame patriarchy for shitting on short men. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Okay. I could date someone a couple inches shorter than me if they were. Well, no. Even if they were like a foot shorter than me, I could probably still date them. Yeah. Why not? If they were a little person. Yeah. Fine. Oh. I'm cool like that. Yeah. I know what it's like to be short. Okay. I mean, <laughs> I used just... to be really short, and then all of a sudden I grew. What? what? You said this like it happened recently. <laughs> This is over half your life ago. Hey, man. <laughs> I hit puberty at 36. Oh, no. <laughs> we have a much crazier SNL clip later in the show, mm. I assure mm-hmm. you. But nothing will be crazier than the NBC TV movie on the 23rd, so False Witness. So we are really in the heyday of TV movies right mm. now. Something that's oh, yeah. really fallen by the wayside. Mm. But both in 89 and 99, there were a ton of TV movies to choose from. But this one I chose False Witness because it had many recognizable stars, most especially Felicia Rashad. I love her very much. And it's about two, I believe, attorneys who are trying to solve this mystery slasher who's a slashest woman in the Um, face. Oh, and it's very sexy. Felicia Rashad of The Cosby Show. (laughs) Philip Michael Thomas of Miami Vice. Oh, Passionate lovers <laughs> with political ambitions. You might be looking at the next DA. The kidding. Now, a violent crime <laughs> will begin an investigation. Rape? More like mutilation. Whoa. A crime where no one is innocent. Sandra Lee's a player, you know? No, I don't know. Explain it. 
casual sex, that sort of thing. I just had to let it play until casual, casual sex, sex, that sort of thing. This does not fly with tubs and uh, whatever her name was on Cosby Show. Uh, it's Mrs. Mrs. Huxtable to you. Mrs. Mrs. Huxtable. Claire, Jesus, that's what it was. I have never seen her kiss anybody but Bill Cosby. That was weird. Mm. That was weird. Mm. Yeah. It was a very sexual uh, commercial for this. They're in bed. Yeah, for a TV movie, too, starring big NBC stars. Yeah. This is a big one. I imagine a lot of people tuned in for it, for sure. But I'm sure the punchline to it all or the uh the secret is that she was involved in some sort of crazy casual sex if you know oh, what i mean stop saying <laughs> it's so gross and that's probably why she got slashed sex without face. love oh <laughs> no oh god i have to court every woman i masturbate to on the internet via their instagram and facebook mm. uh even that i don't do casually mm-hmm. 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 what i'm a the gentleman secret is She's a divorcee. Oh, no. She's been very prior. Uh, Well, there are no games to speak of this month or this this week. But, uh, but there is plenty of music to talk about. Well, not plenty, but some. Miss Miss You Much by Janet Jackson is still number one. And we also have new releases. Follow the Blind by Blind Guardian. Holy shit. They're from 1989. Um, Mm -hmm. Neither Fish Nor Flesh by uh, Terrence Trent Darby. And I can't believe this Pretty Hate Machine. One of the best albums ever. Uh, is is fucking 30 years old this week. Holy shit. I guess, I mean, I shouldn't be surprised if uh, the guy who wrote the meaningful album for you when you were a teenager has won an Oscar. You're old. <laughs> you're, you're, you're old. <laughs> you know, that's a good point. I mean, yeah. Common, look at him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he probably did oh, that okay. for a lot of people. Yeah, so we will close out with, we will close out with Head Like a Hole and we'll be right back in 1999. Stay right there, everyone. We talk a lot about retro video games on 302010. In fact, I don't think we talk about any new video games. It's only about retro. It's the nature of 302010 is what I'm saying. So if you've ever wanted to experience those things for yourself, glory be, it's great that this episode is brought to you by Retro Game Club, a podcast where the friendly Hughes and Rob uh, choose two retro games to play each episode. Listeners are encouraged to play those games and email their personal opinions and stories about each game. It's sort of like a book club, but with less reading. Each episode of Retro Game Club will also report on retro gaming, emulation, and programming news. So come on in and join the Retro Game Club. It's available wherever you listen to podcasts, retrogameclub.net, and a lot of discussion on their Facebook community, Facebook, facebook.retrogameclub.net. Coming in with 17 again off of Peace, the final album by the Eurythmics. Don't remember the song, but I remember being bored by their what their military motif in this video, which I think they kept mm, yeah. in some of their uh, live performances they do in talk shows and whatnot. Welcome to 1999, everyone. October 18th to the 24th. New musical releases include This Beautiful Life by Big Bad Voodoo Daddy. Yay, swing. Nice. Uh, so How's Your Girl by Handsome Boy Modeling School. There's a little bit of the future for you. Uh, Rock Art and the X-Ray Style by Joe Strummer and the Mescaleros. 
Uh, love Joe Strummer. Uh, Nothing go- Gold Can Stay by uh, Newfound Glory. Definitely had, wow, I had like all these now. Yeah, me too. Modified <laughs> by Save Ferris, Keith Urban's self-titled U.S. Breakthrough, uh, Honey to the Bee by future Doctor Who companion Billy Piper. That's right. Uh, God Save the Smithereens by the Smithereens, Anti-Pop by Primus, Suicide Pact, You First by Therapy, Flying Without Wings by Westlife, Awake uh, and Breath, Breathe by Bewitched, uh, and Christmas albums from 98 Degrees, Ringo Starr and Amy Grant, Heartbreaker by Mariah Carey, featuring Jay-Z is still number one. (sighs) So if you had a bunch of those albums, is there a song you'd prefer we come in with? No, not at all. Uh, Not at all. Well, maybe Joe Strum. No, 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 no. I'm good. Well, yeah. it's not that I, I resent anything I used to listen to back then. It's just, yeah. uh, I don't know. I thought I was very into music, but I think I was very into like 10 albums a year, and I wore them the fuck out. So when I hear them mm-hmm. now, it's almost like hearing my parents yell at me, especially <laughs> with Save Ferris. Yeah. Like, I, I just yeah. I can't even do it anymore. And that 98 Degrees Christmas album and Westlife, I know. Mary. Yeah, I, I, there it is. There right there. We did it. We came in with it. <laughs> Good job. A um, little bit of news for October 18th. This is hilarious. Uh, it is 20 years old, so I shouldn't be surprised. America Online, the largest internet service provider in the world, and Gateway, wow. one wow. of the largest seller of home PCs, announced a too-big-to-fail alliance where they will include internet service contracts in the price of your new PC. And I bet Whoa. you they didn't tell you that up front. Yeah. Uh, but... Yeah, I, I got hosed on a Gateway PC, Oof. and it almost ruined uh, your husband and I's relationship, because I think he <laughs> yeah. co-signed on it. <laughs> That's um, right. But it ended up being $2,400 oh of, God. like, 1999 Whoa. money oh, honey. in Tallahassee, Florida. So, like, it took forever to pay off. I had oh, to honey. beg, borrow, and steal to make that happen, because Gateway was shady as fuck, and that's why they don't exist anymore. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, when I saw that come up, I was like, hey, whatever happened to Gateway? I remember all the ads and the boxes with the cow spots on them, and it's like... All right, and then they started this year, and then they changed their name, and there it is: Security and Exchange Commission fraud charges. Okay. <laughs> yeah, dude. Like yeah. They, they was, it was super shady getting a PC, from, especially it was my first ever payment plan thing, and all mm. this shit that like wasn't oh. told to me and wasn't included, and super deceptive. And they grew so fast, so quick, and even before I wouldn't even the PC's not dead now. But like, no, no. even though most people like just here on the internet, I don't even have a desktop anymore. Well, you well, should. I think most people who have desktops now mm-hmm. are the type who are building them, mm-hmm. or friends, or who work a job. One. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and, yeah. And uh, yeah, the other bit of news I thought was really funny um, mm-hmm. in terms of how far we come. WWF SmackDown gets its highest rating ever, a seven point one million viewers on a Thursday night Whoa. on UPN. That's crazy wow right that is a lot it comes in at number three in the evening and now that wwe smackdown is three weeks old back on network television you can compare that to today's ratings 3.9 million it got almost that's still pretty good it's but just relatively it got almost double that on upn 20 years ago no that's true but 3.9 is pretty amazing for Right now, yes, but nobody's yeah. watching anything. Well, wrestling's that it, a live thing is way more uh, important to appointment viewing. Yeah. If you if I know it's going to be on Hulu tomorrow, I have no incentive to watch this. Right. Something there's something I can't fast forward. And then you know mm-hmm. people forget what comes on Hulu, and then they just end up watching Friends reruns. That's true. <laughs> yeah. uh, that's true. Hey, welcome to the movies of 1999, October 18th. Speaking of Friends, oh, hey, 
Oh, this sounds unwatchable. Do not even oh. Yeah, we we've got a Matthew Perry vehicle, and mm. it is embarrassing mm. in every way, except that <laughs> Oliver Platt got money, and that makes me happy. That's good. and Dylan McDermott and Nev Campbell. I I like all these people. Mm-hmm. In the now I pronounce you Chuck and Larry of the '90s. Everyone, no, that's right. You know, I get this feeling around you, like we've known each other a really long time. Yeah. Finding the right woman has never been. You didn't know he was gay. So wrong. I'm not gay. I, 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 I didn't gay. Everybody thinks I'm gay. I'm very attracted to you. Dad must be going nuts. Matthew Perry, Nev Campbell, Dylan McDermott, and Oliver Platt. Three to tango. I'm never going to have sex again. Rated PG. Ah. Oh, my God. It looks like he is the quintessential 90s profession of architect. Am I right? Uh-huh. Yeah. Yes. Yep. He, he works yep. in, in a giant clean warehouse. Yes, and he wears <laughs> bowling shirts every day to work. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I remember this from... Um, Yuck. Some high school sleepovers. Mm-hmm. Because <laughs> that's what you guys did. I didn't know any gay people yet. This is the only like exposure I got in Sleepy Pensacola. I think they were all pillow fights and panty changing competitions. Like I had no idea you were watching <laughs> Three to Tango. Like who could do it fastest or who could do it best? <laughs> <laughs> who can do it the most? I don't know why that's hard. <laughs> Oh, uh, we had competitions like that, but it was Mr. Bean style. It was who could do it without actually taking their clothes off. Could oh. you get your pants off and get your underwear on at the same time? <laughs> I understood that. Who could piss the most on at once? That's a good one. That's oh, good. that's a good one. Put on 83 pairs of underwear oh. and try to waddle around. Hold yes. on. Stop it, ladies. I have to finish the show. Um, <laughs> uh, also out this week, uh, a remake, a Remake City, House on Haunted Hill. Um, yep. the, the first of a kind of remake. This is our, our uh, Dark Castle Productions debut. Right. Is it really? Like, yeah, it is. Okay. Of, hey, let's take those um, the, those classic William Castle movies with, you know, Imerigo or Percepto and, you know, a, a glow-in-the-dark flying skeleton that shows up and it's going to scare you to death. Yes. And, like, remake them as cheap modern horror movies without like, Vincent because Price. a lot of them have good ideas in them and house of haunted hill is perfect yeah yeah pretty much and that's why they're the, the cast will speak to that uh holy shit jeffrey combs uh the, the prince of halloween mm. yeah chris Catan, peter gallagher bridget uh wilson ali lauder uh tay diggs famke jensen and jeffrey rush house on haunted hill where's the party looks like we're at this halloween Six strangers have been invited to a party. If they can stay up till dawn, they'll win one million dollars each. I think I got something. The only catch is that they'll have to live through the night. House on Haunted Hill, rated R. Starts Hmm. Friday, October 29th at a theater near you. I vividly remember seeing this video cover in my local blockbuster and being too scared to rent (laughs) it. Uh, this is this is the kind of horror movie I can put up with in that it's pretty tame. I don't know what it is about. I don't. Maybe it's just like the idea that because it's all these like it's a locked room drama of everyone double crossing each other, and then like spooky shit happens and there's traps and whatever. It's very just very scares me so much yeah. less than it looks like than, now. You know, most other horror movies. Now watching the trailer, it looks appealing to me because it kind of looks like the haunted mansion. Disney's yeah. Haunted Mansion, basically. <laughs> Pretty to, much. Not to be confused with The Haunting of Hill House, which I never right. understood they titled it so closely. Right. 
Yeah. Well, hills are very scary. confusing. Okay. Hills are, are scary. Houses yes. are scary. Yeah. Houses on hills. Hills yeah. inside houses. Don't want those. Nope. <laughs> I can only think no. of like Beetlejuice. Uh, yeah, this is no. This is this is actually kind of fun. I do have one big objection though, and at the end, uh, there is a Deus Ex Chris Kattan, and I cannot put up with that. Mm. Yeah, I was going to. I guess do not Chris like Kattan. suddenly Chris Kattan saves the day. I don't approve. Yeah. Oh, well, as for movies, I've watched a thousand times. Uh, mm. Tom Sizemore, Ving Rhames, John Goodman, Nicolas Cage, and Bringing Out the Dead. As the city sleeps, saving someone's life is like falling in love. But I hadn't saved anyone in months. The nightmare begins. You swore that you'd fire me if I came in late because nobody gets fired, so look at me. One man fights to keep hope alive. You're not going to die. Rise up! A Martin Scorsese picture. Damn, you guys are good. Nicholas Cage. Are you okay? Bringing out the dead. I never felt better in my life. Rated off. <sighs> Ooh. There's a lot to like about this film. It really is. Yes. I like I like smaller small Scorsese movies are really fun and it looks amazing. It moves amazingly mm. and and it does have one of those semi over the top Nick Cage performances, mm-hmm. but it makes yep. sense. He's a, he's a nighttime paramedic in New York City who can't get any time off and all of them are over, like underslept. Mm-hmm. Nick Cage especially mm-hmm. and uh prone to hallucinations and weirdo flashbacks and yeah, it's it's um it's weird. It just seems like it seems like a weird movie for me to have seen so many times out of all Martin Scorsese movies, right. but I think it just huh. it came out around the time of uh, you know, DVD and whatnot and mm-hmm. it's got a bunch of cool clash mm-hmm. songs in it and at the time no one was doing that yet. They, okay. Yeah, that's true. I'm kind of surprised. Like I feel like this is a really good time to reevaluate this movie yeah. because A it's his 20th anniversary and B people are still talking about Joker so much, which they keep comparing to Taxi Driver and this is in a way, a weird partner to Taxi Driver, because this is the first time Martin Scorsese and writer of Taxi Driver Paul Schrader have teamed back up again mm-hmm. since 1975. Yeah, and it's r- also about right. someone driving around at night and freaking out. Right, right. But, but it's all very different because it's manic energy instead of slow burn, crazy pants energy. Yes, and there's nothing yeah. There's nothing that would go on to poorly influence society in this film. Um <laughs> No, no. <laughs> this, this, this would never. This would never be a poster on a malcontent college kid's wall. No, uh, I would love to talk to an EMT though and ask them like, how much ooh. does this skew to reality? Uh, we're asking you now. How about that? Anybody yeah. get in touch with us? Thirty twenty ten dot net. Thirty twenty ten podcast. Anywhere you can. I would love to hear because I would. I'm just want to bet they love it. Yeah. I, I think it's mm-hmm. a more extreme version of what they're they're job is really like it has to be pretty insane most of the time yeah and i think to show it in a non-glamorous like these are americans heroes kind of way (laughs) to show it in more of like this is the nitty-gritty we're responding to a lot of drug overdoses and you know really depressing shit yeah and there's no one else just like taxi driver you're seeing the worst of humanity sometimes or the best of humanity on the worst day of their life yep yeah Mm -hmm. or you're going into Raves and you can't drink. Or there's that scene, that trailer. It's him walking out, and the only time he's not doing something madcap, his partner is beating the shit out of the ambulance. Uh, it's, it's. I don't know. It's a pretty entertaining film. I watched it a ton. I can't say that for the next movie because I watched it once and that was enough. Um, yep. I don't know. Yep. I you can revisit this if you'd like. I think you should. Everyone should see it once. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brandon Sexton, Peter Sarsgaard, Chloe Sevigny, Hilary Swank, and Boys Don't Cry. So you're a boy. Now what? Why don't you just admit that you're a dyke? Because I'm not a dyke. 
are you now? Don't be scared. Mm-hmm. Well, I actually feel like this is worth going back to rewatch. Okay. Now, oh, absolutely. After, after 20 years, because this is kind of the only film we have about a trans man. Yeah. Hmm. And it's made 20 years ago, and they put it into not the kind of terms that we would put it into now. Like, I, I think it's really important that this movie got made and that a lot of people saw it mm-hmm. because... Uh, yeah, it's about a trans man, and it's a based on a true story, and how he got fucking murdered by rednecks just because he was trying to be a dude, because mm-hmm. he was a dude inside. And the acting is fantastic, Chloe Niff-Seveny especially, and Hilary Swank who got an Oscar and mm-hmm. deserved it. But so I was reading, I was curious, kind of like when we talked about Rain Man, kind mm-hmm. of like we were talking when we talked about Rain Man. I right. wanted to know how do trans men feel about this movie, mm. and. It seems it's kind of mixed. Most of them are like, they're really glad it was made. They're really glad it got that men into the conversation. Mm -hmm. But that it's also really confusing because like people saw Hillary Swank on the red carpet and she's so woman-y because she's a woman. Right. And in the movie, they never say like the word trans. They don't really have a language to explain that's like that he's born in the wrong body. I Mm -hmm. I can't think of anything anybody would have called that person in 1999 that I could even say on the podcast right now. Yeah. Right. So, yeah, the the language didn't exist. And I should say the promo we played was from Out TV from like a few years ago, which is Mm -hmm. why the language – I just thought that was interesting that the language is a little more coarse Mm -hmm. than it would be for the Mm -hmm. general public. Well, I mean, I think it's important. It's an important part of the canon. Mm -hmm. It shows, you know, both what it was like back then and then also how much things have not changed, honestly. I mean, trans people, transgender people are still – very, very vulnerable to violence, especially now. Um, uh, trans women of color, there's been epidemic of murders, yeah. basically, um, to the point where the American Medical Association is calling it an epidemic because wow. it is so bad Fuck. in the past two years. We've had 18 murders that we know of of trans women this year. This spe- year? Or, mm. Excuse me, of trans people. And last year it was like 26. So oh my God. it is a horrific epidemic that is happening and is some of our most vulnerable members of our society. Um, So I went back and read a lot about this too, uh, because I had seen this a long time ago and I revisited it again because I do think it's really important. It is a hard watch Mm -hmm. and we should definitely say if you are not familiar with the story and you're not familiar with the movie, there's a major trigger warning for rape and uh, violence against trans people Mm -hmm. because it is throughout this movie mm-hmm. um but the writer yeah. of the movie kimberly kimberly pierce is a queer woman and she is also the co-director excuse me she's a co-writer and she also directed the film and she had first read about brandon tina in the you know the person the uh, main character in this in the movie um she first read about him in the village voice and it was this little tiny story that nobody knew about. And she just could not stop thinking about him and his story. And she actually went back and tracked down, uh, his girlfriend at the time, you know, the woman who Chloe Sevigny portrayed and, Mm -hmm. uh, did interviews with her and really just kind of wanted to go back and retrace all these steps that and and go back to the actual place where it happened and so it was a huge labor of love getting this movie made and uh it took her forever to write it but you know get it made write it get it made find the right studio for it but lana tisdale this is is a hard this is a hard sell oh absolutely what's it about well it's about these hillbillies with no 
real possibilities in their life in the middle of goddamn nowhere in Nebraska. Mm -hmm. And one of them, I, I don't know how they would even put it at a time, like a lesbian who lives as a man, maybe is how they would put it. And uh, some of his redneck friends discovered this, uh, sexually assaulted him and then killed him and somebody else mm -hmm. to cover it up. Right. When they found out that he was had been involved with Lana Tisdale, who is portrayed by Chloe Sevigny, who is part of this friend group. It's just a really hard watch. It's really tough. Mm -hmm. And the story of, you know, how it was made, how they found Hillary Swank was very interesting. Hillary Swank really wanted to be part of this and showed up for the audition with her hair tucked up into a cowboy hat and, and you know, really portraying herself as a man to the point where the story is that when she showed up to the audition, the doorman who let her in called Closer. up and said this boy is no. is here for the audition mm. which she you know mm. felt uh pretty good about actually because <laughs> she's like oh i passed wow, he's just a good looking guy and girl mm. hillary mm. Mm. i mean she did a lot of work to get into this role and I know. you know that was one of the criticisms i think from the trans community is especially now wasn't um, then though no, I don't mm. think then, but now looking back on it, it's that we need to have trans actors mm -hmm. playing trans people. There's no reason yeah. anymore. I, to I, have... I agree with that, but if you wanted, I think this, I don't think a lot of the world saw this movie, if I'm being honest. But mm. I do think you, by putting someone the general public recognizes in this character might do a lot more for your community mm -hmm. at this time. Yeah. Uh, but, I, but at this point, she very wasn't recognizable. She had only the had the karate kid. It's the next karate yeah. kid or the best karate <laughs> kid. I mean, you know, I think she wanted to pick someone who was kind of unknown so that mm. they wouldn't be thinking, oh, here's this female mm. actress. And there were right. other female actresses that were interested in the role. Mm -hmm. but she wanted someone that was kind of unknown. Um, to you know be part of the role and also while they were filming matthew shepherd was murdered during the filming of oh, this right. so Jesus. that kind of cast a pall over the filming i mean Hooray, we get it was already a tough shoot certainly. Project yeah but mm -hmm. now it made it during the shooting it made it even more important for them i also read about um the the rating fight that they had yes, over this it's, which uh, is it very features prominently in the documentary this film is not yet rated yeah and, and it is Fucked. Yeah, it's 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 solely it's so ridiculous. This and uh, uh, what's the movie with Viggo Mortensen? A History of Violence mm -hmm. were slammed with X ratings, just showing a uh, oral sex being conducted on a woman mm. will just get you an X rating. If she's enjoying yeah. it, mm -hmm. that gets you an X rating. If if she's yeah, not making, it's not like oh, it's super. Uh, there's not not pink shot. You know, it's basically yeah, someone's right. head is in someone's crotch, and someone else is going oh yep. yeah Ooh. yeah. X rating. They had to. So, yeah, I mean, they got an NC-17 for mm. this. And in order to get an R rating so that they could, you know, show it have in people actually and, see it, yep. they had to cut some of the rape scene out. And also, <laughs> like, yeah. And then there's a scene where um, Brandon is going down on Lana. Um, and again, you don't really see anything. You just like see his head down there. Field. But he had to. They yeah. had to cut the part where Hillary Swank kind of wipes her mouth off afterwards right. before she kisses. Uh, before he kisses, which is a courtesy Lana. that people should learn. Yeah, 
But and they cut <laughs> yeah. that, and apparently that was fine. It was uh, very interesting, though, to read about the meetings that they had to go through for the rating system and how when they are pleading their case to the MPAA, they can't cite any other films as, like, precedent. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and oh, so they came out of this meeting, like, the interview with uh, Kimberly Pierce, she came out of this meeting pretty pissed off that, she should. you know, mm-hmm. the, the general's daughter, which contained a lengthy rape scene worse got an r rating and like a wide release and and this one because of the you know who was being portrayed here you know it's got huge, put into the nc-17 it's a category. huge focal point in that documentary and that like there is no appealing it like with for violence there's constant appeals because those come from major studios mm-hmm. and they have the money to fight mm-hmm. the mpaa which is pretty easy to fight because they're just what unacknowledged civilians never mind we're not going to get into that now that's a good documentary though and this is a huge piece of yeah. it mm-hmm. Just that, uh, yeah, oral sex on a lady. Can't see it. Mm-hmm. Can't see yeah, it. Yeah, and it's it's too bad because the the sex scene in this is one of, like, the sweetest, most mm-hmm. sensitive sex scenes mm-hmm. I think I've ever seen. You got to see what I got on my phone. Okay. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'll send it to you in, in, between, the, in between the decades. Great. <laughs> Can't wait. Let's cleanse yeah. the palate. Yeah, okay. it's just... Yeah, and they and it's I like that they don't really take the time like, but how are they doing it? Right. What are they doing? Mm-hmm. He doesn't have a dick. Oh. It's like it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. It's just a nice sex scene mm-hmm. about two people, two young people falling in love. And the acting in it, it is all so ends terrible. Phenomenal though. I mean, the Peter Sarsgaard is amazing. Ugh. And was he kind of unknown yes. at this point? I don't think I've really yeah. I've seen him before Jesus. then. On yeah. a roll, at least, after mm-hmm. this. Um, Jesus. And I watched this last night, and you can tell that it's very effective because I had nightmares with him in it all night long last oh, night. Oh, my yeah, God. Yeah, it was rough. I had a rough It evening. had nothing to do with it. No. Mm-hmm. It had to do with this. Yes. Is but that yeah. the right guard? I get, no. I get guards confused. Yeah. Uh, no, he's not the same as Pennywise. No, no, that's that's Alexander. This is we're talking that's the Alexander We're talking the, the, okay. the Kinsey uh, Shattered Glass um, mm-hmm. Sarsgaard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, <laughs> the the one from an education last weekend. Sure. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, it's a great. Yeah, he has a terrible track record with young people. Right? <laughs> Not good. If you have someone under twenty one, you keep them away from Peter Sarsgaard. Mm-hmm. I don't care what their gender is. And also trouble. Not to gloss over uh, the other person who was murdered in the story. Uh, there was another woman who was letting Brandon stay at her house, and when these hillbilly fucks came to murder Brandon. They also murdered her in front of her toddler daughter. So, yeah, yeah, she was also a crazy. Yeah, um, it's just it's a very yeah. hard watch, but it's definitely something important. I think it's important for the canon. Definitely watch it mm. with uh, your trigger warnings. Know what you're getting yourself yeah. into. Honestly, you know, the scene that kills me worse is not even the, the rape scene. It's it's him talking to the cops trying yes. to explain what happened. Yes. It's so it's hard. The hard that might be like the hardest to watch scene I've ever seen because mm-hmm. how hard is it? I was raped. These guys fucking raped me, and then the cop only wants to hear about like, wait, so you say you have gender dysmorphia? Mm-hmm. Wh- where'd they rape you? And he's like, in my my vagina. And he's like, well, well, how come you have one of those? Right. It's like, dude, big Just picture. Way to re-traumatize someone. Ugh. You know, it gives me the willies. It's, the whole thing gives me the willies. It's definitely rough. Very but, upsetting. You know, we still have a long way to go on uh, protecting 
are trans siblings in society and it's still really dangerous out there. And so it's definitely something to be aware of and think about next time you are out in the world. (laughs) Yep. Also trans teenagers in Nebraska, you can come stay at my house. Get the fuck Mm. out of Nebraska. Mm. Not safe there. Mm. Don't trust. I've driven through that state. I know what it looks like. It's the most depressing thing I've ever seen. Yeah. And I I mean, that's the other (laughs) thing. It's the worst. The, the, cinematography and the way that it's shot really lends itself to the feeling of dread and how spooky Mm -hmm. everything is. A lot of it is set at night and shot at Mm -hmm. night. And I think that really lends itself to feeling like something dark and bad is always on the precipice of happening here. And I feel like that really lends itself to feeling like how, you know, Brandon felt where, you know, everybody, this movie can only operate in the shadows. Yeah. And, he, and, and he's and he's trying to fit in, but he knows that at any moment, if he does something that crosses a line somewhere or something goes amiss, he could be, you know, exposed and then obviously put into humongous danger. And so, yeah, the way it's shot is just beautiful and, and really well done. Had you rewatched it, uh, speaking movies, I'm not qualified to talk about. Maybe more so. The world's hardest pivot now. Oh, man. To like the lightest of movies. For real. Uh, And uh, the best man. The best man. Uh, It's number one at the box office. Yay. It's nice when a film that has like an all black cast is number one at the box office, everybody. No, but can I start with the cast? Doesn't happen a lot. Mm hmm. Melissa D'Souza, uh-huh. Monica Calhoun, Sana Lathan, uh, Terrence Howard, Harold Perrineau, Morris Chestnut, Neil Long, and Tay Diggs. Again, two Tay movies Diggs this again. week. Yeah, he's having uh, a big week. Best man. Why'd you really leave your girl at home this weekend? Because I wanted to hang out with the guys. Mm-hmm. Between the things men think. Marriage is going to curb that appetite for more women. In what world? <laughs> and the things women know. I want to make love to you tonight. Are the moments that make it all worthwhile. The best men rated R. Uh, the best man. I love this movie. Yeah, yeah, it's great. This is charming as hell. Yeah, it's really. In good. some ways, it's in some ways I feel like it's a Tyler Perry movie before Tyler Perry was making movies. Yeah, but it's definitely way more nuanced. I feel like and and just yeah. more R um, <laughs> rated R. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Well, there's some swearing, some sexiness. Yeah, and sure. and I swear I I whipped out I lost my glasses and whipped out my old pair I. Tay Diggs and I have the exact same glasses from 1999. That's cool. Yeah, we really do. <laughs> That's very cool. They make, it makes me wince. <laughs> yeah. Well, and you know, I also, sorry to uh, bore everyone, no, but I also no. read about this movie um, in my 1999 movie book, The mm. Best Movie Year Ever, um, because this, in combination with The Wood, which we talked about a couple of weeks ago, I think, oh, yeah. um, is, were two really big movies in 99. It showed how viable... Yeah. Movies with an all black cast can be, I, I and because I, I don't think they they broke through to like number one every time, but they'd hang around, yeah. for, throughout the entire mm-hmm. summer, right? Mm-hmm. And, and I mean, it was kind of like a slow burn mm-hmm. with a lot of these movies because they just didn't get the same advertising budget that some of our other movies that we've talked about have mm-hmm. gotten. But it was written and directed by Malcolm D. Lee, and he mm-hmm. had gotten this idea and wanted to basically write a movie where it's a bunch of black people who aren't involved in 
the drug business and aren't portrayed as, you know, thugs and just having normal professional lives and Which admittedly our college friends is you what know? would get me into a movie theater to see it. Right. Mm-hmm. But yeah. um and, well, and wanted to yeah. show this group of friends and how like yeah, this is how most people are and this is appealing to everyone and these types of movies yeah. should be made for everyone. Exactly. It's just they're like upper middle middle class, upper middle class folks, you know, with like relationship complications and they're all incredibly attractive and charming and <laughs> I will bet you all of the money I have and will ever earn that he took this to to studios and they said, "Well, can we make him white?" Mm. Because there's not, <laughs> and can you not too direct much. <laughs> well, yeah. or we'll just buy the screenplay and we'll just make everybody white. Because like, there's not a lot in here that is specifically like about the black experience, mm-hmm. which is one of the reasons I like it. It's the kind of thing where it's like they're just fucking people, dude. It mm-hmm. doesn't have to be a black movie. It doesn't have to be a white movie. It can't be just they're boomerang. Just people. <laughs> well, when he was trying to get this movie sold, he was definitely helped out by his cousin Spike. Oh Lee. yeah. Um, uh-huh. who was helping him shop it around and was like really instrumental in being like, no, this movie is worth more than what they're offering you. We are taking it to a place that will, you know, give us what we need for mm. it. And, you know, it was very successful. Yeah. And it was got a sequel. Just, yeah, it did. It That's did? right. The Best Man Christmas, which I also love. What? Yeah. I did not know <laughs> yeah, that it's existed. Really, yeah, yeah best, it's fun. Best Man Holiday is like That's right, holiday. Yeah. Or so, yeah, it's not like an immediate sequel, but yeah, this is kind of a franchise. When he when <laughs> wow. he wrote the movie, though, the original name for it was My Homeboy's Wedding, which is fun. Mm. And I feel like it that gives me different expectations for what the movie's going to be like. Yes, yeah. I do not want to see a hat turned around the right way. Ever. <laughs> yeah, I feel like maybe the fat boys are going to appear in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can hear it now. <laughs> yeah, I think it was probably a good move uh, changing it to the best man. That was probably the best move. But it's yeah. definitely a micro genre that I love, mm-hmm. wedding movies. Mm-hmm. I love wedding movies. That's a micro genre for you? I think so. I don't I don't know. Hmm. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, I think so. My best friend's wedding, Wedding Crashers. Okay, I'll take it. I'll this take... one, Mural, Betsy's Muriel's wedding, wedding. Muriel's wedding. Rachel getting married. Bridezilla. Yep. Even though I do love that, I mean, Bridezilla is horrible, but it is written by uh, two women that I love, and it makes me feel bad that I don't like it. Um, Yeah. But yeah, this is a great movie and definitely a great one to watch after you watch Boys Don't Cry to cleanse your palate, which is what I did. (laughs) Oof. Um, Something light and friendly and just, mm -hmm. yeah, little like. Oh, but what if I want to cheat on her after we get married? And, oh, I saw my ex and, oh, I still care for her. What am I going to do? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also, everyone in it is very attractive mm-hmm. and at their, oh, like, God, yes. the peak of their attractiveness powers. <sighs> I don't recall seeing oh. Terrence Howard until, like, five, six years later, like, yeah. ever. He kick- mm-hmm. he was kicking around, but, yeah, this, he really, it, it, I feel the same way. I had only mm-hmm. seen him a, not, not that long ago. Well, the, the, the TV Ooh. will uh, bring us, surely bring us back up. Uh, we got clips of two things in here, but first I got to tell you, Nash Bridges High Society aired on the 22nd. Hi. With guest star Jake mm-hmm. Cage. Yeah. Who's Jake Cage? Nicholas Cage's kid? Steve Austin. What? Is it not? Yes, I don't it know. Is. What? Yeah. That's his real name? 
I don't know if it's his real name or really I, I put it in there because I figured you I, would no. know who this is. No, I, I have no idea. Yeah. Jake Cage. Yeah. And I tried to find a clip from it, but um, every clip I could find on YouTube was someone putting together a fan video of all of Steve Austin's clips from Jet Nash Bridges set to music. Ah, uh, probably oh. glass breaking. Oh, you know what it is? Steve Austin plays Detective Jake Cage. Detective Jake Cage. Jake Cage. And uh, I think, yeah. Sorry, guys. I, she thought you thought I, I would get a, You thought I would get a Nash Bridges reference. Yeah, uh, we it, hadn't talked about it yet, so I figured I would. And uh, I think they were talking about giving him a spinoff at one point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I and, think he's a reoccurring character. Mm-hmm. So someone who loves him a lot has. He, there are many fan montages to him. There you go, Cheech. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> And and hey, also, I, this is uh, hmm. this is actually just after I worked at the San Francisco Film uh, Commission office, and I will say that the Nash Bridges staff, because they filmed on location here in San Francisco, they were all like super nice. I, I really wanted to hear a story about Steve Austin running coming into the San Francisco Film Institute. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Y'all got a good print no. of Vertigo. 70 millimeter, <laughs> whip your ass. <laughs> is that how he talks? Yeah. Okay. A little bit. Diana's laughing. I think it's, I think it's working. I just imagine him bursting through the door, sweaty <laughs> and frantic. <laughs> um, CBS Sunday Night Movie, The Soul Collector. I mean, again, uh, yeah. so many you know TV movies to oh. choose from this week, but this is the one I went with because it had the most amount of stars I think that we could count on. Mm-hmm. Ozzie Davis, Hilary Duff as a very little baby, Melissa Gilbert, and Bruce Greenwood. He played Bruce the Greenwood. What combination of people was that? <laughs> that is pretty odd. Yeah, Bruce Greenwood plays basically. Uh, hey, Lisa McGuire, always do the right thing. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you little girl on the prairie, <laughs> come over here. <laughs> so this is on CBS on Sunday. I think you can imagine how this yeah. is. How this is going, it is a religious-type film where Bruce Greenwood mm. plays an angel who collects dead people's souls. Yuck. And uh, But is also... <laughs> I thought it was about a serial killer. Yeah, I know. Uh. I think it's a bone collector. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's it. Yep. Also my nickname in college. hey <laughs> Just kidding, not at all. I was a nerd. Uh. Um, but, yeah, it's... Um, not great, but if anyone's interested in a montage where someone cut out all the parts, <laughs> that is just Hillary Duff. Oh, oh. <laughs> that is on YouTube. All right, <laughs> all right, it happened. It can happen. Uh, I didn't get the movie I wanted on Disney Plus, oh. but had oh. had someone not. You, you're kidding me. They have Sammy the Way Out Seal. They What's your do, problem? but they don't have the Young Runaways. But thank God for the preeminent. Jennifer Jason Lee YouTube fan channel. It captured. It has the whole movie on wow. there. Yeah, it's about kids who stash away in a in a stranger's camper and go on a cross country trip because their parents are mean. Twentieth hmm. uh, of October, not seventy <laughs> years ago, we have an episode of The West Wing. Yeah. The crackpots and these women. This is one that I think a lot of people remember because it introduces Big Block of Cheese Day, which is a yay. It is a initiative put forth by Leo McGarry where he, well, we'll just let the cliff explain it. Okay. All right. Shut the hell up, everybody. I fired more people than you before breakfast. Andrew Jackson in the main foyer of the White House had a big block of cheese. The block of cheese was huge. Who made these assignments? I think this will go faster if I'm not interrupted, don't you? I'm meeting with the Organization of Cartographers for Social Equality. Yes. 
What do map makers have to do with social equality? I guess you're about to find out. Well, probably not, because I won't really be listening to them. The block of cheese was huge. Excuse me, Leo. CJ, I got NIH research funding for cancer treatment using shark cartilage, if you want to trade. I'll take that. What do you got? Citizens for DC statehood. Forget it. I've got the Kemsworth Lee Sea Turtle Society, but I'm keeping it. You're all keeping it. So mm -hmm. it's a big block of cheese day where anyone can come and um, air their grievances, to the come White House? with a request to the White House, and yep. it's a very fun what little device that they put together that the Obama administration stole for their own purposes. Mm. Two years in a row, the Obama administration got together the uh, actors from mm -hmm. the West Wing and put together this little social media initiative where they said, we're bringing back Big Block of Cheese Day. And the Obama staff, people on the Obama staff took to social media and just answered questions for people. I mean, shit, yeah. If you And heard their grievances. If you can't get Kim Kardashian to present it nowadays, you're not getting anything done. Yeah. I mean, I think yep. it's really emblematic of the Obama White House where mm -hmm. they were like, we love the West Wing. Who doesn't? Yeah. <laughs> Let's get out there. <laughs> uh, there's plenty of people who don't like the West Wing. Mm -hmm. But I don't know if you noticed, one of the petitioners is Nick Offerman. That's I right. Did not notice that. That's right. Yeah, he doesn't have the stash, so it's really hard to tell. Yeah. I also enjoy, too, I think the ones that CJ meets with, the cartographers for social justice, is there actually a real issue how maps contribute to... Yeah, I know. Uh, CJ, Jesus. Yeah, <laughs> inequality. And so that's actually a real interesting a issue question. that you should look more into. Um, mm -hmm. Something I remember much more. Oh, my God. This mm -hmm. is a great day. And it's the 23rd, Saturday... Your host, Norm MacDonald, musical guest, Dre, PhD, Dr. Dre. Hey. Norm MacDonald returns to host after a very controversial move on NBC's part. This is, I'm going to play you almost the entire monologue here because it's one of my favorites of all time. Hmm. And Norm will explain I'm... to you why it's such a weird situation. You know, when the people, when the people here ask me to do the show, you know, I got to say, I felt kind of weird, you know. I, I don't know if you remember this. But uh, I used to actually be on this show, you know? Uh, I used to do the uh, weekend update news routine. You remember that? And, uh, yeah. That's where I did the make-believe news jokes, you know? That was me, right? So then, a year and a half ago, right, I had a sort of a, a disagreement with the management at, uh, at the NBC. Uh, I wanted to keep my job, right? <laughs> And they felt the exact opposite. So, so you see, they like uh, they fired me because they said that I wasn't funny. You know, now, now with most jobs, I could have had a hell of a lawsuit on my hands for that. But, but see, this is a comedy show. So they got me. You know, you know. <laughs> Uh, once again, we did a whole laser time of the best in Norm Macdonald. This is included, mm. but I always like to highlight, I can only think of two people in history. Everybody, no matter how big a stature they are, always say, we have a great show for you. Mm -hmm. And I feel like mm -hmm. that is required. I can only think of two people in history who didn't do that. One was Jim Carrey, and the other is Norm Macdonald. There's no way he snuck this monologue in. This mm -hmm. had to have been approved, but for years people talked about this was him sticking it to... NBC and SNL for firing him uh, about two years before his 1999 hosting duties. I do, but I, I love that this is part of the reason why Norm's so fun on things, uh, just because he's an agent of chaos. You know what? <laughs> but now, this is the weird part, right? It's only a year and a half later, and now they asked me to host the show. 
So I wondered, I go, hey, wait a second here. Hey! I go, how did I go in a year and a half from being not funny enough to be even allowed in the building <laughs> to being so funny that I'm now hosting the show? How did I suddenly get so damn funny? <laughs> inexplicable to me because a year and a half let's face it, is not enough time for a dude to learn how to be funny <laughs> then it occurred to me I haven't gotten funnier the show has gotten really bad <laughs> so yeah I'm funny compared to you know well you'll see later but... <laughs> oh my god Okay, so let's recap. The bad news is, I'm still not funny. The good news is, the show blows. All right, folks, we got a bad show for you tonight. Dr. Dre. <laughs> wow, wow, wow. You can even hear the audience wince. So. Yeah. Uh. Mm, they're not sure. <laughs> Whew. Uh, love Norma. Again, Laser Time, if you haven't heard our sister show. Got a great Conan episode, lots of Norm in it, and all my favorite Norm McDonald clips, and that is definitely one of them. Video games of 1999, uh, October 18th to the 24th. I thought I read somewhere this might have been one of the best-selling games of all time. I don't know mm -hmm. if that's for sure. Pokemon Yellow Version, Special Pikachu Edition. I did all the research I'm going to do on this because I didn't play this, but this is a follow, a revamped version of Red and Blue, I think, our first okay. Pokemon games, mm -hmm. you know, there's always two versions and there's the third variation. But this time you play alongside Pikachu. He's your starter and uh, kind of follows the path of the show. The, the show, because the show was popular at the same time as the games, but America got those releases a little out of whack. And uh, the original game don't really follow the beats of the show. Some of the, char the characters aren't even in the show in, in the game. I don't know. I, I don't know. I looked this up the best I could. Uh, but, uh, yeah, this sold a ton of ton of copies, and uh, I think it was the number two holiday gift. Uh, this in the yellow Game Boy Color thing you might have gotten it with, uh, the yellow version of the Game Boy. I didn't articulate that very well. And then Grand Theft Auto 2 is out this week. I think I mentioned that somewhere else, but uh, maybe it's on PS1 yeah. this week. PS1, because I think they debuted on PC. I uh, did love those games, and this is... We are not yet in a world where Grand Theft Auto is a household name. It is the top-down versions where you have a God's eye view and it's pixels and not 3D graphics. Uh, I loved the games even back then and love them so much more now. But let's close out this 1999 segment with a little bit of sunshine. Okay, hmm. let's close out just because this has the best like extended title ever. You know, you know we've had a Heartbreaker by Mariah Carey featuring Jay Z. Mm -hmm. Handsome Boy Modeling School, who I know my husband's listened to a bunch, so I've heard a bunch of it. And there was one time where I'm listening to him, like, is that the fucking Father Guido Sarducci in there? <laughs> and it turns out, yes, he's on several of their songs, what? including Sunshine featuring Father Guido Sarducci and Sean Lennon. Mm hmm. Double what? Yeah. What, what, what yeah, else would there you... There you go. That's a thing that exists. It's named after... And it's, a, it's a lot of fun. Two very handsome, handsome Boy boys. Modeling School is a Chris Elliott Get a Life reference. It's a deep <laughs> comedy cut. It's... Yeah. <laughs> and 
they're they're a lot of fun musically, but uh, I was tough. It was tough which Father Guido track to go with because there's one where he just starts rambling about how he wanted to go to barber school, and it's like you know with all the models here, I thought maybe some of them might have a comb. You know, no one would have a comb. They don't have a comb for me. <laughs> You're gonna hear another Guido Sarducci sounding person in the next segment, but we'll close it out with sunshine. <laughs> Stay right there. We got to talk about 2009. I rhymed that on accident. Forget about your worries. Forget about the bad times. Life is nothing but a shadow. Without your sunshine. We know you're only worried now. Is you're worried about us. Worried about you. And even though we stopped worrying, that doesn't mean we're not still sad. And we're happy to let you know that. Mrs. Internet and all the ships at sea, it's time for Diana's Classic Corner, where we look even further back in time this week to see if there's anything worth a watching. And for the week of October 18th through 24th, man, we got a really easy recommend. I even, I almost feel guilty recommending it, so I'll throw something else in, too. This week in 1969, so 50 years ago this week, Led Zeppelin 2 released. Fuck yeah, it did. It's like less than a year after Zeppelin 1. They're, they're just rolling, dude. It's cool. But my recommended movie this week... I said, this is an easy call because October 24th, 1969, saw the release of the highest grossing movie of 1969, so 50 years ago this week, and it is Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. If you think you do not like westerns, you will enjoy this movie. If you think that you don't like buddy movies, you'll enjoy this movie. It's kind of the top, top three buddy movies of all time because it's about uh, Butch and Sundance, who are Paul Newman and Robert Redford, respectively. And they rob trains, and they rob banks, and they go and have a gang, and they do shooting stuff, but then, oh no, it's the Death of the West kind of thing, like the Wild Bunch, where it's key, it's catching up with them, and now the, the companies are hiring Pinkertons and hiring some guy with, with a hat on, and they're going to track him down, and then it starts to not go as well, because things are getting civilized, and you can't just go robbing everything all the time. And maybe moving to a Spanish-speaking country is not a great idea, because you kind of stick out there. And you don't speak Spanish. Mana Sariba, my ass. So, anyway, uh, that was totally easy recommend. I feel like it's such a guy's movie, I feel like almost every guy has seen it, but if you haven't seen it, I think you'll like it. Butch Casting the Sundance Kid from 1969, and that's it for this week. Stay classic. Snakeskin, now I'm in your kitchen making love to your cake tin. Oh no, is this the one you're baking? I told you I was freaky. Did you think I was faking? Coming in with I Told You I Was Freaky by the Flight of the Concords. Al- self-titled album, how about that? Welcome to 2009, October 18th to the 24th. Uh, new music releases include Cycles by Cartel, Axe to Fall by Convergence, Prior to the Fire by Priestless, Street Hop by Royce to 5'9", uh, Cheryl Cole's <laughs> debut, Three Words, Cheryl Cole's. I didn't say Cheryl Crow, did I? No. Uh, Strip yeah. Joy by The Swell Season, The Whirlwind by Transatlantic, and Cosmic Egg by Wolf Mother. 
Uh, down by the uh, down, featuring Lil Wayne is back at number one. I'm definitely going to go by Sarah De Five Two. <laughs> five Two. <laughs> I get it now. I get it now. All right, it's Sarah uh, De Five One. We're both. In- <laughs> you got me. Yeah, Sarah De Five Two on a windy day. Uh, there are what a windy day. Diana the Five Six and a Half. I like the half. There are more movies here than any segment that has ever been in 30 2010. So, of course, uh, we must lost. We got to run through them. Before we do that, can I say, uh, I've been singing I Told You I Was Freaky, like, all week Mm. to my dog because he's got these little tiny hedgehog toys that squeak. So it's all like, I told you I love squeaky. (laughs) (laughs) I love people's made-up songs for their animals. (laughs) We call our dog the deer pup, and when I come home, I sing to her... Dear Pupper, but to the tune of Moon River. <laughs> wow. Dear Pupper, Pupper of the Deers. Uh, get your husband to get that on tape so we can play that next time you're on the show. Um, and, well, the huge movies this week. Sorry, there are not a lot of huge movies, so we're going to rattle off a bunch no. here. Huge, Woo! huge quantity. Paranormal Activities number one of the box office. Stan Helsing. Um, <laughs> oof. Fuck that noise. Sorry, Keenan Thompson. I love you. But no, this is one of these uh, the guys that did you know the Meet the Spartans. Yes, and... no, oh, Keenan wow. Thompson is one of my favorite people in the universe. But he, if he is in your movie, it probably sucks. Mm. <laughs> I don't know why that is. Motherhood with Uma, Uma Thurman, Mini Driver, and Anthony Edwards. This uh, almost set a record for the lowest box office at its premiere in England. You know how much it made how premiere much? night? How much? Nine pounds. Holy what? shit! All right, that's like one guy. That's I think that's the that's same. That's like thirty dollars in American dollars. That's like the same though, right? Patreon conversion we're going to have for this episode. Yeah, that's like that's like fourteen bucks. But because it's premiere night, I'm thinking that's one guy. That's a uh, it. It got creamed in the reviews. Nobody liked it. That's like a sequel to a Will Smith movie. Mm. <laughs> uh, the Yes Men fixed the world. I did see this, but uh, mm-hmm. is this their sequel or their? think it's the first or okay. no the first one might just be called the yes men yeah. but again it's the yes men doing a series of you know corporate tricks and stunts and stuff like that this i i almost cut this because like if you've heard of it you've probably seen it because it's fun you know there's, there's nothing as much fun as putting on a fake press conference but because of legal issues mm-hmm. and then getting sued this might be the only movie that was released to BitTorrent. that's what i remember huh. mm-hmm. yeah it they said released. fuck you we're giving it away Go download it. We don't care. Is uh, it funny? Uh, yeah. In yeah. like a, uh, what do you, like Michael Moore meets Tom Green kind of way. Okay. I mean, I like Reggie Watch adjacent things, but like the stuff mm-hmm. that he's doing, doing, I don't think I love so much. You like the video for Shit Stack Sack? Um, yeah. It's pretty good. Uh, Untitled yeah. with Adam Goldberg, uh, Mar- Marley Shelton, and a bunch of other people. Uh, I've never heard of this. Uh, it's a romantic comedy, but based sort of in the New York art world and satirizing that. <laughs> ugh, ugh, gross. Uh, Astro Boy. There we go. I'm back. Um, a- a- animated Astro Boy movie. Yes. There it also has a game out this week that I won't be mentioning. Uh, Incendiary with Michelle Williams, Ian McGregor, Matthew McFadden. As a drama based on a terrorist attack at a footy match. It actually footy. came out the previous year in the UK. And again, everyone said it was kind of boring and no one liked it, which, like, I am shocked. Anything which Michelle Williams in is tends to be genius. So mm. I am disappointed. And Ong Bak 2, which I think I saw, uh, the beginning yeah. with Tony Jaa. Tony Jaa. Tony Jaa kicks people. 
uh, Tony Jaa, a very impressive martial artist that sort of wore it as welcome very fast. <laughs> mm. um, but I, I still, I still dig the original Long Bok. Amelia with Hilary Swank, Richard Gere, Ian McGregor again, and Christopher Eccleston. And there's Hilary Swank again, mm-hmm. trying for that second Oscar, making super Oscar bait movie about Amelia Earhart. Again, everyone said it was oh. sort of boring and soulless, and no one liked it. Yes, okay. I do remember she was real angling real hard for this Amelia Earhart thing, and now I remember it. But that shows you how forgettable it was. That's ridiculous. Yeah. And everything I read was like, this story needed to be told, but it needed to be told with passion, and this movie yeah. has none. Mm. Yeah. And it makes me sad, because I want to see a good Amelia Earhart movie. She's and an I interesting mean, person. And also, I mean, how could it have gone wrong with our noted most passionate actor, Richard Gere? <laughs> so full of emotion. So, <laughs> so wonderful at emoting. I, I have a great pitch for the Amelia Earhart movie. It is a statue. The, the Amelia Earhart movie should be multiple versions of what is said to have happened to her. Because every Ooh, version is fascinating like and filmable. Like at yeah, the end? Yeah. 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 Like you see, you, yeah. you get that shit like out of the way as fast as possible. But her like starting new life and adopting a new persona, uh, that kind of shit. That would, that's how you do an Amelia Earhart movie, people. Uh, Crash oh. landing, getting eaten by coconut crabs. <laughs> yes. Yeah, well, I don't want to talk about the reality right away. We'll let the people pick. Yeah. yeah. Uh, no, you just throw it in there. Uh, and, oh, oh boy. And then hey, another hey. classically terribly hard to watch movie. <laughs> yeah. I, this, I, this I passed week, on this one. This week. I, I made it through, but oh, dear God. I, I had to be, I think I was crocheting or something. I had to do something with my hands mm-hmm. so I could look away and get rid of my nervous energy while watching Antichrist. Yeah, Lars von Trier joined with Willem Dafoe. Uh, here's a bit of that trailer. Your thoughts distort reality. That's what fear is. I love you. Let's make a list of things you're afraid of. Where would you feel most exposed? The woods. What scares you about the woods? Everything. Is it any woods in particular? Eden. Die in a nutshell, this film, because people... Okay. Uh, William Defoe and Charlotte Gainsbourg <laughs> are a couple, and their young son dies. They go out in the woods to try to cope with their emotions, and shit goes crazy and violent and weird and horrible. She, like, puts a big old, like, log through his leg, basically, and then they have sex a bunch. Uh, she cuts off part of her special mm, area. Yes, that's um, the part I know about. A, no, thank you. A fox turns to the camera and says, Chaos reigns. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm not making that up, okay? Oh, my God. oh come on. I mean, could <laughs> you be any more? Can we cut that together with a John range? Totoro dog was from Son of Sam? Hell! I mean, it is... It is a rough watch. I mean, the acting is amazing. Lars von Trier, I think, is some sort of crazy sadist. Like, he makes movies where he punishes the characters and he punishes the actors while he's making the film. He punishes the audience. It's rough. And he punishes us. Yes. It it is rough. It it screened at Cannes and there was practically a riot. Like, some people said this is the best movie ever made and some people were, like, throwing up and throwing things. I just, Uh, I don't think I'm going to Lars von Trier. You know, I just mm-hmm. it's a very it's specific taste, but I like that, me. that there's no, but I like that he gets good. He gets a good cast. Like there's still people interested in doing something weird like right. Willem Dafoe. But, well, yeah. I mean, yeah, duh. <laughs> I know, I know. But, you know, that's in between all the fucking garbage he does. So I, yeah. I love that man. I do, too. But oh, especially for women. Yeah. You're, gonna, you're not going to want to look at scissors for a while. Oh, oh bro. Uh, I feel like 
Mm. Speaking of movies, I uh, wish I didn't have to think about every day. Um, sort of wish I never saw Good Hair, what? Uh, Chris Rock's really? documentary. I liked it. So well, it's just that, like I, I feel like every white person should see Good Hair. Uh, it's just it's that, great. It's just that I didn't know any of this. Good, any exactly. This, this is why you watch it. So every time I see someone's hair, I'm just like, oh, look at mm-hmm. that right there. I can see where it comes. I I never looked at black women's hair. Like this ever, mm. and I still I still think about this movie almost every day from living in the South. <laughs> like I did. It's true. Uh, you see I, so many hairstyles, and I love it. It's one of the things I love about Chris Rock. I think he he had this like movie period where he just kind of did a. He I think he chose carefully because mm-hmm. they mm-hmm. wanted him. He was a huge comedian. They wanted him in in, in all the a bunch of stuff, and he chose very carefully. I want to do this Kevin Smith movie and this weird independent hitman movie, and and he. No, that really worked, and and then now he just like I'm going to make this documentary, or I'm going to make shit I write and direct, and mm-hmm. that's it. Mm-hmm. And this is just an interesting thing for a comedian to do—a documentary about women's hair, mm-hmm. black women's hair specifically. Just yesterday, my daughter came into the house and said, "Daddy, how come I don't have good hair?" I wonder how she came up with that idea. Within the black community, if you have good hair, you're prettier or better than. The lighter, the brighter, the better. They want to go like this, like Farrah Fawcett. There's so many pressures to straighten your hair. Look at my ring, still there. <laughs> Relax is the chemical that will take a black woman's hair from this and change it into this. It's kind of like a torture session. Could you tell us how dangerous relaxer is? Sunny hydroxide will burn through your skin. So that can's got a good turn. I, I, uh... My black buddy relaxed my hair and his at the same time, mm. and I have never seen burns like that on my forehead that did not involve a fire. Yeah, uh, this is back when my hair was much thicker and curlier, and now I, I wish I had this problem. Yeah. But, but but yeah, I didn't. And it's just the movie sort of tells you, like, yeah, eighty five percent of black women are wearing a wig of some kind, like at all times. Didn't had no yeah. idea. And I mean, it's it's so interesting because yeah, so much about that I did not know about mm-hmm. what black women have to go through to also to fit into these like racist societal norms about Mm -hmm. their own hair. Some of which is I think internalized by the community and other Mm -hmm. with other ideas that are put on them by white people about what looking professional looks like. Or Beyonce. And yeah, it's just, it was very enlightening while also being very interesting, interesting and very funny because yeah. it's Chris Rock. Yeah. It's, a, also, it's a funny movie that that taught me something. And I <laughs> loved when they went to the hair show in Atlanta. That was so <laughs> oh, much yeah. fun, so cool. Like just something I never heard of before, never had been exposed to, never probably will be exposed to. And wow, what a cool, fun thing! I yeah, love it. I, I forgot. I forgot his daughter, big. Rock's daughters, were the catalyst mm-hmm. uh, for the film. Mm-hmm. Uh, wondering yeah. about black ladies' hair. And yeah, and just I mean the idea is like yeah either you wear a wig or you get it relaxed or you you get a, a sew in or you get a glue in weave mm-hmm. and where does the hair for the weave come from mm-hmm. it comes mostly from India and how how does it get here that's like a multi billion dollar business mm-hmm. to sell hair mm-hmm. so that you can like basically make a wig and then braid your hair really tight and then sew a thing to your fucking head yeah. just so you look professional. It's yeah. it's it's weird. You like once you see this movie, you will notice stores that you've walked past a thousand times and never thought of them like, oh, yeah. that's what that is. Oh yeah. That's what that is. Okay. He has many stores. You always wonder, is this a mafia front? No. The hair is very expensive. It is very <laughs> expensive. No. Yeah, I yeah. and and you know And just the idea of yeah, why are we putting these white women's standards on 
everybody. Mm-hmm. When if that's not the way your hair goes out of your head, you should be allowed to deal with it any way you want to. But right. nope, we've decided you can't. Yeah, because we're jerks. You know, tell me, sister, as a man with unconventional hair, I have perfect strangers' hair, and that's <laughs> <laughs> true. You have my, hair. my day is up. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, sir- yeah. no, I so like I said, I totally recommend this for especially white people because yep. it's really interesting and it's also really funny. Mm-hmm. And it's like I feel like that's the best kind of documentary when you're trying to make a point is yes. to to keep it entertaining. So it's it's not just you being lectured about this is why you never touch a black woman's hair. Don't try to run your fingers through it. This took fucking work and money. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't like, mean to trash the doc. I just it, it yeah. taught me something that I can't forget. And I wish Chris Rock just did this as a series. Oh, that would, I would be wonderful. I, I would be so happy with that. Yeah, just, yes. just different subjects every week. I would love it. Yeah, get for on sure. it, Mister Rock. Yeah, he's a great documentarian. Mm-hmm. Let's do more of that. Mm-hmm. Pretty much any subject I'd watch. Yeah. Except for Lars Van Trier. <laughs> <laughs> Giuliani talk was talking oh to the Ukrainian god. prosecutor. <laughs> oh my god. If Chris Rock made a behind the scenes about a Lars Von Trier film, All right, he I filmed the making of Doc, come the fuck uh, on. Yeah, I would watch that actually. Uh, I, Cirque de Freak has completely passed me by. What is this? This is us trying to make a Harry Potter. That's what that is. Oh, uh, I think this is like the first but thing like a I saw. Goth Harry Potter? I yep. Th- yeah. But I saw like, the first thing I saw John John C. Riley in that wasn't Steve Brule, and I was just like, <laughs> I'll never see him as a dramatic actor again. I can't I can't see it anymore. Yeah. He's he's too funny. Uh, Ken Watanabe, Chris, but, I, but look, look, look at this cast though. Yeah. It's pretty legit. Yeah, Hutcherson, Patrick Fugit, Ray Stevenson, Frankie Faison, Jane Krakowski, Orlando Jones, Christian Shaw, and Selma Hayek. Cirque de Freak. Cirque de Freak, one night only, the world's greatest freak show. What happens? I suppose painting in my vampire books. When an ordinary boy... You'll be my assistant. I'll do it. ...make some extraordinary friends. Oh. Shedding. On October 23rd, prepare... <laughs> ...to get freaky. Stop biting people, or no one will want to be around you. The Vampire's Assistant. I'm a monkey girl. Is that your tail? Please stop staring. That's why I didn't, they didn't pronounce the Cirque de Freak in any of the promotional material. Ah, well, because they were trying to set up a franchise. Right. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, probably based on a series of young adult fiction. And, and exactly. Sort of looks You're like a bummer right that didn't is. take. I really, I, I wouldn't mind this. I, so I definitely saw this mm-hmm. years ago. I went through kind of a phase back when I had TiVo, which is mm-hmm. a very old-timey thing to say, um, <laughs> where upstairs, I would just <laughs> go through... The schedule for HBO and just record any movie that caught my fancy, and this was one of them. You always struck me as a Percy Jackson gal. Yeah, right. (laughs) I have a secret goth side that I I wish that I was more, you know, could bring out more. Been singing "Boys Don't Cry" the entire day. Oh my god, all day long. I can't stop singing (laughs) it. Uh, for many reasons, but uh, but yeah, this was a very un- very forgettable, which is a shame because I feel like mm. I would have super been into this, especially if I was a young person at this time. Yeah, especially around Halloween. I was just a younger man. person at this time. And speaking yeah. of Halloween, it's the, it's the first of a series of trilogies. There are let's see, three, six, nine, twelve. Wow. Uh, there's like sixteen of these books hmm. or more uh, in the Darren Shan okay. saga. It looks like someone's getting rich on it, just not Orlando Jones. Uh, yeah, but and, they're trying. I mean, it seems like, oh, well, this could be the next Harry Potter. We got a lot of wacky characters. There's some magic-y sort of shit, and who doesn't like carnivals? It's such a special yeah. alchemy that I don't think anyone truly understands of what makes a young 
adult series like this hit or not well, hit. One of them was supposed to be yeah. Josh Hutcherson, so it's, it's yeah. odd that he got another shot at one of these. <laughs> right. Uh, and... All right, and speaking of Halloween, uh, Saw Four, a movie I've not seen, but I think nope. I think Kevin went to bat for it recently. Wrong one. What? What? Wrong one. Which Word one? Saw Six. Bitch. Oh, Saw, saw six. six. I read it wrong. Saw Six. Tobin Bell, Costas, Mandalore, Shawnee Smith, Tender, but whatever. Once you see death up close, then you know what the value of life is. Why are you doing this? You feel you have control, don't you? Jigsaw Killer may be dead, but the murders continue. If it's Halloween, it must be Saw. I am still among you. Saw 6 at R in theaters October 23rd. Woo. Yes. And Sarah's just mm. shaking her head. Uh, is yeah, this is the annual Saw franchise, the second second to last yep. time annual. Uh, yep. It comes out annually. Uh, I have not seen this. I don't know anything about it. Um this is the one I think you might have briefly talked about it on the laser time about okay. clowns yes. okay. when you were talking about is Jigsaw a clown? Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, to find out, oh, this is the one that's entirely about getting revenge on the healthcare insurance company that's okay. that didn't that didn't keep the main character alive. Holy shit. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. I'm behind it now. I'm into that. Just, that's what you said before. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, I'm doubling down. <laughs> Listen to that episode of Lazy yeah. Time and Creepy Dolls out this week. Yeah. Which which some critics like, like, oh, this had such a heavy-handed message. It's like, well, at least they're doing something, I guess. But yeah, oh. it's about Jigsaw died like two, three movies ago. And it's about those fucking insurance company. I love it. Ah! And also, uh, it's a horror movie. They, ha- I mean... Heavy-handed messages is kind of the thing for horror movies, right? Yeah. Yep. No, no, it should be. I mean, I lo- those are always my it favorite. Something. Yeah. Uh, it's why I want more. It's not a get comment out. on something mm-hmm. about society. What are we even doing yep. here? Mm-hmm. Oh my god! I just realized there was a news thing that I forgot to put in here. What? We need to talk about right now. Do it. Um, special shout out to someone who sent me a message on Twitter reminding us that I we missed this last week in two thousand nine. Thank you to his Halloween name is Your Student Loan Payments. <laughs> we missed the Balloon Boy hoax. <gasps> That's right. That means that I'm was in October 15th, 2009. That means 10 years ago, little Tris was in Italy because oh. I missed this whole thing. When I got oh, back. Oh, is that when you went for the um, Assassin's Creed? Yeah, thing? I'm surprised you remember that, but yes. Yes. Uh, yeah, I, but when I got back, people like. What's Balloon Boy? I'm like, you know what? And they just like waved me off because yeah, you lived through this whole saga, yeah. and I didn't really find out what it was until like years later because this this these ten days were kind of nuts for America. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, we were all <sighs> a fluster about it. Let me tell you, people were burning down their own houses, flipping cars, <laughs> running through the streets, screaming, "What is truth?" But but it was just uh. <laughs> you went through like every phase of a thing in a scandal. Like holy shit, this yeah. is crazy. This isn't real. We hate the guy who perpetrated <laughs> this. Let's never talk about him. And that's what he wants. And then I get back like, what happened? <laughs> and, and no one wanted to tell me. And what's funny is because like that took a week. Now we go through that cycle in like half hour Single increments. Day. It feels like mm. single day. Um, yeah, I, it usually I, involves the president. <laughs> It's one of those where I feel like I'm kind of cool, and it's like, uh, yeah, I called it as a hoax before everyone else did. So if you don't well, remember, or maybe you're just super young and you didn't hear about this. I don't. Tell me again. Um, in Colorado, a guy called the cops saying that 
that he made this giant helium filled balloon shaped like a flying saucer. And oh my God, my six year old's in there and it got loose and it's flying over Colorado right now. And everyone's freaking out like, oh my God, there is a little tiny kid in that fucking thing flying and helicopters are chasing it. And it finally lands and there's no kid. And everyone's like, oh my God, what happened to him? It's like, oh, he was hiding in the garage. So, I was so like, did the dad not what? know this? You see, here's where it gets good. Literally, like the next day or two days later, um, the the family is on talking to Wolf Blitzer, and they're like, "Hey, how come you were hiding in the attic when we thought you were in that balloon? And you heard all the commotion. Why didn't you come out?" And the little kid, whose name is Falcon, that's fuck, right. Little Falcon, he looks at his dad and said, um, "You guys told me I should do this for the show." And that's when it all fell apart. Oof. Oof. This was all a hoax. Dad knew the kid was not in there. This family wanted a reality show. He'd been pitching a reality show about him and his wacky family. And they do inventors and science shit. They'd already been on Wife Swap. And I was like, oh, yeah, this is a hoax. They're trying to get a show. Wife Swap, not as hot as it sounds, by the way. No. No. Did anyone else, though, immediately when they heard this story, think of uh, the children's book and 1983 movie, yes. How to Be a Perfect Person in Just Three Days? No, I was going to say The Red Balloon, no. but okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, it, it involves a plot point where a boy is in a lawn chair with a bunch of balloons I, and he flies uh, up into the air. I remember that. But I remember I read the book a bunch when I was a young child, and then Ooh. that was one of the movies that they would show in schools. Okay, Balloon yep. Boy. Put- so, uh, yeah. So the dad actually uh, did a little bit of jail time. Did he really? Because, mm. Yeah. Well. Why the police? They gave him, they, they, he, had, he pled guilty to attempting to influence a public servant instead huh? of making a false report what? to the cops. Which okay. I'm not sure why. But he says he basically was forced to plead guilty because his wife is a Japanese citizen and they threatened to deport her. Whoa. Mm. So that's kind of bullshit. But, yep. Yeah, no, he did his 90 days in jail and community service and i will put my boy in a real balloon next year <laughs> you know that kid is 16 and his life's probably been uh terrible since then <sighs> yeah i think someone also says an idiot because his name is falcon his yeah, name is falcon that didn't help it was you know it was 32 years ago i think baby jessica so we, we talked about that on 30 2010 two years mm-hmm. ago um wow i didn't know he was trying least- to yeah, at least baby Jessica, like, that's a legit accident. She was a toddler. Mm-hmm. Like, this, this guy is it? thinking, oh, yeah, here's how we get our reality show, which is always a good thing to have for your family. Mm-hmm. So did his wife yeah, not speak English? Because somebody, somebody should have said, let's think of one more plan. Yeah. One more thing. Yeah. <laughs> one more. Just try. Uh-huh. Uh, no, no. It's all, I scripted the whole thing. It's great. Uh, moving on to television of 2009. Oh, fucking oh. dumb. That's some real wild dad energy. Uh, you know, like, did you ever have, be around someone growing up, usually like a friend of, or a parent of one of your friends, or maybe an uncle, where they have like chaotic dad energy, yeah, where they're like, they're fun, but mm-hmm. then every now and then it veers into, ooh, dangerous? Yeah. <laughs> Like, mm-hmm. man, we get all the coolest foods and videos, but this place is a mess. Yeah, yeah. Something's <laughs> off here. <laughs> yeah, chaotic dad mm. energy is frightening. I'm excited about this. Ten, ten years ago this week, on the 18th, Venture Brothers 4 season premiere, uh, Blood <gasps> of the Father, Father, Heart of the Steel. Hmm. Blood of the Father, okay. Heart of Steel. And I just, I don't know, like, I see Rick and Morty fans like, when's the new episode? And like... 
this this was this, oh you sweet summer child oh boy this is the first ventures brothers episode in a year after the season there would be three years until there was a new episode of the venture brothers it's been 10 years since this season four premiere there has been 40 episodes since then the show is not canceled it is just done by a very small team and two people write and voice everything <laughs> But there have been 40 episodes from this date 10 years ago to now. Four episodes a year. (sighs) 40. Four episodes a year. year. Four episodes a year. Or like half a season every two years. Yes. But this is a great premiere if you remember it because everything was having Marvel references in it. But this was one that like even I didn't get. It was – it structured – Oh, wait, 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 wait. This is the comic book value one. It is. Where, uh, yes! Dean, oh, I love this episode. And you don't know what's happening till the end, but Dean picks up a comic book and like, where's Batman? And it, it turns out he's holding Marvel number one before there was a Marvel Comics, Timely Comics published Marvel number one. And that had Human Torch and Submariner in it and people we would go on to know as Marvel characters. And the whole company would rename itself Marvel. Uh, but the, that's how the episode is structured with uh, the same chapters as that original Marvel comic. And at the end of the episode, you just see the price value of it fall as Hank carries it around in his back pocket, the original Marvel. <laughs> and there's a great Marvel yeah. reference in it um, with, a, I think, a, a guest voice by Brennan Small. It's one of my favorite Venture Brothers lines of all time. If you listen to Comedy Bang Bang, I think he sort of does a variation of this character on that show. Brock Sampson, uh, helper, the Venture Brothers robot has exploded and embedded itself in Brock Sampson's heart. <laughs> <laughs> And he needs to get Helper's head removed because it keeps talking. Mm. Uh, and, and he goes to this doctor in the middle of the jungle. I need an operation fast. And you're the best I know at this kind of unorthodox work. Let me guess. You want to beat a hunter, but you can't punch a girl. So you want me to make a sniff, sniff, meow, cat fry? No. I uh, want you to remove something a little higher up. What made you change your mind? Huh? I put in a lot of doors this year. Ever since the Iron Man, everybody wants to do robot hard. I said that for like three years. <laughs> Ever since the Iron Man. <laughs> everybody wants the robot heart. Everybody wants the robot heart. It makes me laugh so much. Oh, my God. And yeah, it, no, this whole, the I love this, this episode. It's all out of order, and you can put it back into order based on the value of marble number one popping up in the corner and then going down. Cause it's like starts That's with it it's mint in, in plastic. And I think it's, is it one of the henchmen is like trying to get his henchman buddy back from the dead? Yes. 21. I think he offers him that. Well, 24 right. back. <laughs> and this right. Venture and then it so just great. like, it gets rolled up, it gets thrown. It's used to pick up dog poop. And, just <laughs> <laughs> and this is one of the best seasons ever. I don't agree yes. with my friend Brett, but it is, it would have served as a very good series finale this season. Oh, and, absolutely! And it's and it keeps it on ends going. With prom, just like all the rom- romantic comedy movies do. It's one. Of, it's one of the best episodes. <laughs> Operation prom. prom is attacked by mutating yeah, hookers. <laughs> giant hooker manaces on accident, uh, <laughs> but with a great pulp song. Uh, <laughs> but I love this season. Watch Venture Brothers if you haven't already. Uh, on the twenty first, Law and Order, SVU, Hardwired, guest starring Rosie Perez and Garrett Dillahunt. Oh, Sheriff! That's my favorite favorite <laughs> yeah. character from No Country. Garrett Dillahunt, he pops up a lot in unusual ways, but yes. it's always a pleasure to see him. Yes, he plays three different mm-hmm. characters in Deadwood, and yeah. it's wonderful. Yep. I really like him. But yeah, this one involved a 
Rosie Perez plays the mother of a child and uh, who is, they think, being sexually molested. By, and Garrett Dillenhunt actually plays a representative of a group who believe and are fighting to make attraction to children as a sexual orientation. So it's like kind of controversial for sure, to say the least. Um, And, you know, it's kind of a creepy character. But I saw a note that this is the first episode where B.D. Wong officially comes out on screen as gay. It wasn't Father the Bride? Well, I mean, <laughs> every party needs wow. a pooper. <laughs> That's why we invited you. <laughs> All along. But yeah, he comes, his character comes out on the show. Right. Okay. Who's yeah. confusingly named Dr. Wong. Right. spelled differently. Right. Yes, Dixon, both of his names? <laughs> Jesus. Uh, yeah, good for you, BD. Yeah. Love that guy. Love him. Um, yep. He also has a Christmas album out. I don't know if you know this. I, BD Wong really? has a Christmas album. Yes, you literally heard it here first. Is it, <laughs> or is it right now? Like like this year or no, ten no, years no. ago? It's like old. Okay. Yeah, I, I just have a couple tracks from it on my Christmas list. <laughs> of course you do. <laughs> of course I do. No one's putting you in charge of the Christmas party this year. Yeah. Uh, we're gonna hear my Pac Man Christmas album. No, That's we just it. listened to the RuPaul's Christmas album over and over <laughs> I have again. Not heard it. Have you? If you haven't heard their rendition of Hard Candy Christmas. Man, I just Ooh, bought that Jackson 5 Christmas album. God damn it. Yeah, you're going to Throw it out that. the window. Uh, and White Collar debut. Is this a USA show? Of course it is. Okay. <laughs> uh, I, should we take guesses on what White Collar's about? Oh, yes. Please guess. I've, of course. Hello. Hmm. I've seen it. Okay. So you will <laughs> be able to, you'll be able to arbitrate. Yes. So I'm going to guess it is about um, – a bunch of people who work at a new age spa and that is their white collars okay Ah. diana see now i always get the premise of white collar and suits confused that's fair is is this the one about like he was a fake lawyer and now he's helping the real lawyers that's community sorry incorrect Damn. This one is about, uh, it's starring Matt Bomer, Tim Decay, Willie Garson, Tiffany Theason. All a bunch of. Of Amber th- fame? I, of course. Okay. Um, a bunch of, hey, that person <laughs> actors. No, no, I had that once. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> and, and uh, Matt Bomer plays a. Bomer? A high end art thief slash forger who is very clever and has eluded the authorities for so long. And then Tim Decay, who plays an FBI agent, mm-hmm. um, catches him and puts him in jail. But then he has to spring him out so that he can help them. They can solve mysteries together. Oh. <laughs> Where does white collar come from then? Well, he's like a white collar, cr- white collar criminal, I guess, because nobody no. ever gets hurt. So it's fine. Yeah, but that doesn't mm. usually involve like embezzlement, not like actual art yeah. thief. Can- Forgery? Yeah, I wouldn't call Pierce Brosnan and crime? Thomas Crown Affair a white-collar criminal. I don't. It's uh, a USA show, people. What do you want? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, I'm giving this show a burn notice, officially. Uh, what is officially. burn notice? Yes, put it on my, <laughs> my suit to get this a burn notice. Uh, but here's and- a little bit of the promo. I'm being released into the custody of the FBI under your supervision. If you run, you're back here for good. Meet world-class con artist, white-collar thief, and flirt, Neil Caffrey. To solve the hardest crimes of forgery, hire the smartest criminal. Tiffany Thiessen, Willie Garson, Tim Decay, and Matt Bomer. White Collar, a new original series coming this October to USA. I did recognize Willie Garson from Sex and City. Yeah. It just basically said everything I just said. Yes, you did. But 
it's one of those shows which there's a lot USA kind mm-hmm. of specializes in this where people use a lot of maybe technical speak about a thing and then you're like this sounds like it could be true I but do. watch isn't. Mr. Robot I- yeah, exactly <laughs> yeah. precisely yeah, but Fight Club did come true in this show <laughs> there was I remember there being a really interesting episode where someone forged a like old bottle of wine and they went into like the whole how do you verify what wine this is and how old it is Cork and it involves soaking. carbon dating and mm. all this stuff it's pretty interesting i don't know i okay. i kind of have a soft spot in my heart for these usa shows they're very comforting no one ever gets hurt or dead and it's usually pretty people. <laughs> everything's wrapped up at the end of every episode yeah and tim decay people is, are very pretty yes Matt bomer's incredibly pretty and you know what tim decay he's uh i wouldn't kick him out of bed either for eating crackers. No, he's a good looking guy. Yeah, he's, he's in in the sort of gruff, grizzled sort of way. Yeah, and also you know, in, in kind of... He's been of, working hard. Yeah. He's just one of those stand-up guys that you're like, kind of like a Kyle Chandler type. Mm. Um, yeah. And he's been in everything, and every time I see him in something, I'm like, that guy! Please name mm-hmm. one thing so I can... I don't know. <laughs> he's like one of those he, people who's been in lots of things. I don't, know. I don't remember. I think I first put name to face on Carnival. He was on Carnival. Oh, I've seen that. I've seen yep. that. Boy, was that a whole lot of nowhere. Okay. Yep. Um, <laughs> fucking uh, games. Uh, 2009. There's a bunch because this is a uh, yeah. This is 10 years ago instead of 20. Mm. I said the games last time. Okay. 18. Uh, mm-hmm. What is it? The 18th of the 24th. We have Cooking Mama 3. Game. I know. Ooh. I was. Oh. Just, I play that. Have you? <laughs> yeah. It's fun. Yeah, it is fun. Uh, Tropico 3 is also out. Uh, GTA 2, 20, like 10 years after the fact, GTA Chinatown Wars hits PSP. That's the last top-down game for portable systems, and it's really good. You can get it on iOS. Marvel Hero Super Squad, mar- kind of a Marvel punchy game for kids. And then uh, FIFA 10 and WWE SmackDown versus Raw 2K10 is out this week, almost on the anniversary of a new WWE game, which is worked on by our buddy... Dave Rudd, formerly of the show, now working on hey. the wrestling game, who just got married, and I'm saying congrats right here to Dave yeah, Rudd. Yeah, yeah. Best wishes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he stepped on a glass and everything. It was, uh, it was wonderful. Um, but yes, that ra- wraps up our show. Uh, you can find out more at lasertimepodcast.com or 302010.net. We encourage you to support us at patreon.com slash lasertime. It supports the whole Lasertime network, and there will be something really cool at the end of the month just for 302010 listeners. Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, I cannot wait to tell you more about that, assuming I can actually get it done, because right now we're in the middle of an Elm Street Nightmare Season 3. Uh, we, we missed an episode because I had to go see Lizzie in North Carolina and go to Dave's wedding um, last week. In addition to being in Iceland, you can hear uh, you can hear all about my trip to Iceland on with Sarah and Matt. I swear it's more fun than it sounds. Mm-hmm. Uh, on uh, Patreon.com/slash/LaserTime, every week we give you an exclusive bonus show, and you're exclusively getting the third season of Elm Street Nightmare. Seven episodes, all about the life, work, and legacy of Charles Lee Ray, Chucky, the Bruce Lee of creepy dolls. And speaking of creepy dolls, that's what Laser Time's talking about this week creepy dolls uh i get to rediscover my old love for demonic toys and baby oopsie daisy the baby who will uh curse at you and stab you in the dick it is it is a wonderful (laughs) film and (laughs) yeah baby oopsie daisy look it up there's a you can somebody cut it together where she's repeatedly doing it it's wonderful and uh yeah laser time we've done some spooky stuff with some clowns and uh, SNL corpsing, that was a bit of a cheat, but still fun to do. And people lose it on SNL. That's all because Dave and I, at least, are gearing up for Eddie Murphy to hit SNL. It's like the most exciting thing happening this season. I'm so happy. Mm-hmm. But yeah, patreon.com slash laser time for the price of a burger and fries. You can support your favorite podcast network. Uh, help us keep the lights on. 
uh, help us pay the rents, help us pay the hosting, all that stuff. We're 99% listener supported, so we would we appreciate your money more than any of the other things you're donating to, including charities, which we sort of are. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Mm-hmm. Diane? Uh, they can find me on the Twitters at ListenNerd, L-E-C-I-N-E-N-E-R-D, or follow the show at 302010podcast, 302010podcast, and yeah, throw tips at us, too. That's a good place to send tips if you're just... Doop, 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 and find out, oh, shoot, that chat should be coming up on 302010. Like, drop me a line. Like, 80% of the time, I heard you knew about it. But sometimes, like Balloon Boy, we miss something. So, yeah, tip us off, yo. Mm-hmm. And with that, we got to figure out who is dead and who is alive. We do a birth uh, and death quiz here. Well, not a quiz for deaths. Yeah, that's in poor taste. Uh, oh, yeah. That'd be great. It's uh, Halloween. Well, that's what we should only... do. <laughs> hey, guess who died? I see it that's on the me. sheet. Uh, the voice of okay. Donkey Kong? Really? Yes. No. Yes. Really? Yes. You must be behind on your video game-related laser times. I really am. 2009, mm. uh, we lost Soupy Sales, who was mm. 83. And he was a television entertainer for the kids going back to 1953. And the first voice and of Donkey Kong on Saturday Super Kid. The first voice of Donkey Kong. Was he a clown? Because we all know how <laughs> I feel about them. No. He had the name of the clown. A- not a clown. Okay. Not, I mean, he, 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 you could call him a clown, but no face paint. Gotcha. He's just he's just goofy. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Soupy sales. R.I.P. And mm-hmm. with the deaths come the birthdays. Oh, birthday is a doodly doo, a daily doodly doo. Oh, birthday. Oh, goody. We got another good one. Oh, boy. Can't let Sarah take Are this. Are we ready? Yes, this I'm ready. I've been on a streak. This going to be a tough one. I've been on a streak. Been on a streak. We'll see how we do. So, also, almost a child, kind of a kid's entertainer. Uh, born October 23rd, 1959. Happy 60th birthday to this guy who started taking music lessons at age six. Uh, he was so advanced, he skipped a few grades. And in high school, he started something called the Volcano Worshippers Club, just so he'd be in the yearbook more. Raffi. No. <laughs> wow, I was, I was I love so Raffy. depressed. <laughs> that <was> the, that <laughs> would have been amazing. Oh, yeah. But no. Um... In high school, graduating early, he was a valedictorian and gave a speech called The Future, It's Price, in which he said the polar ice caps would melt and humanity was doomed. Al Gore. <laughs> yes, no. noted children's entertainer, I'm Al Gore. 60 and I'm going to sing a song for you. <laughs> After that, he went to Cal Poly San Luis Obispo, majored in architecture, and started DJing at the college radio station. Hmm. Hmm. DJs. It's Moby. That was... Uh, no. <laughs> Uh, Interesting guess, but no. I'm trying to think of someone environmentally conscious mm-hmm. and someone who rips up wax like a real motherfucker. And is DJ 60. Kiyoki, he's 60. 60 years old. <laughs> <laughs> he's 60. Um, All right. Now, just about anything else I say about this guy, we'll give it away. Okay. So let me go with this. In 1982, he signed a 14 record deal with Warner Brothers. It was fulfilled five years ago Weird with out. the release of. Thank you! Woo! His only uh, number one yeah, selling yeah, yeah. album, Mandatory Fun. Uh, uh, uh. Yeah, because he I, just, like, finally is out of that contract, right? Yeah, yeah. he just said, I'm, I'm done. If I release stuff, I'll just release it myself online now. Yeah. I did not. I was sure Chris was going to get it from the valedictorian thing, because that's one of my <sighs> favorite Weird Al anecdotes. Hmm. I didn't hear that it. he gave his valedictory speech about how the polarized caps would kill us all. No, no, God damn it! I love that behind the music. 
Um, yeah, and then when you said Al Gore, I was so like, oh, you're so close. <laughs> Al it's a different Al. <sighs> oh, well. So, yeah, we have, and because we've talked about so much Weird Al on the show, we've talked about Polka Party, Bad Hair Day, Even Worse, Running With Scissors, Straight Out of Linwood, and the UHF soundtrack oh. and film of same title. My reign of terror continues. Fuck. Right. Damn, girl. Thank My you. reign of shame also continues. <laughs> uh, yep. but you can... So Weird Al is 60. 60. 60. Wow. Doesn't look a day over 57. Yeah. <laughs> It'll do that when you commit to looking stupid. <laughs> I imagine he's into some clean living. He I, probably keeps the temple clean. And I know I'm not the biggest mm-hmm. music fan in the world, in, in, but I will say seeing Weird Al live is one of the best things I've ever seen in my whole life. I see more comedy than I do music, and it's wonderful. There's costume changes. There's video packages. It's the best. Pyrotechnics, wonderful. Yeah. Wonderful. Uh, and... With that, we will close out with Shakira. <laughs> Shakira, Shakira. Well, we can. We well, I just I couldn't find anything else to close out with. But She Wolf came out last week and is on the charts. Or Ooh. do you have a favorite Weird Al song? <laughs> Frank's two thousand inch TV. <laughs> That's a pretty long one. <laughs> I can find a clip. What? It's good. It's it's an okay. original. He'd appreciate me saying that. Um, I'm, I can't think of anything else right now because the the parodies are the things that like are like the flashes in the pan. Right. It's the <laughs> it's. I love Dare to be Stupid. Dare to be Stupid is a good one. Because really that's not one. a direct parody. Mm-hmm. It's a style parody. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's a tone poem. <laughs> with yeah, Devo but hats. you pissed off Mark Mothersbaugh so much. Yes. <laughs> he was joking. It sounded so much like Devo, but better. And he was like, I hate him. <laughs> he was joking in that. Uh, but yeah, we'll, we'll close out with Dare to be Stupid from the Transformers 1986 track. <laughs> Eric Idle sings it, I believe. It's it's a weird movie. We have a commentary for it. Patreon.com slash LazerTime. Uh, you can watch the whole thing with t- fellow Transformers fans. Uh, your pals at LazerTime. Take us out, Weird Al. 